We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining host and her guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here's your host, Leah Mattinson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show today. If you've got somebody in your family who has dementia, you're going to want to tune in to today's episode. I'm here with Tim Dixon, founder and CEO of Therapeutic Solutions by Community Shield. And we're going to talk about the signs and symptoms of dementia, prevention, uh, and can you actually cure dementia? Can it be healed, reversed? Can it be fixed? So welcome, Tim, to the show today. Hi, good to see you again. Hi, good to see you again, too. So let's dive right in. You know, uh, I was reading stats, recent stats on the number of people worldwide with dementia. And it's an interesting statistic because it seems to kind of float between countries. But in general, um, they're saying that almost 50% of populations in developed countries have some form of memory problems, cognition problems. Um, how do you see that aligning, or what is your definition of, of dementia, Tim, from a clinical perspective? Yeah, well, um, I, it would be a progression of, a, of various degrees of neuroinflammation, right? Chronic inflammation in the brain, and it manifests itself. Sometimes it has to do with proteins that have been produced in the brain, like tau and beta amyloid. These are kind of key proteins that... Um, cause destruction to brain matter. I mean, they literally eat the cells up, right? So dementia is on that entire kind of scale of uh, everything from um, some minor cognitive issues, kind of forgetful, you know? I think from time to time, we're all forgetful, right? Mm-hmm. But, but usually it's because we're fatigued or something, right? Or we've been working too hard. But as we get older, that can become more profound. And I think that's maybe one of the first telltale signs is that memory lapse, that, that forgetfulness, maybe even starting to delve into um, childhood kind of memories, right? Rather than the current, more on the past, because there seems to be sometimes a short-term memory deficit that's, that's present in that. So I just think we here at TSI, and then we have a we have a subsidiary called Campbell that is focused exclusively on um, uh, brain issues, uh, everything from uh, schizophrenia to drug addictions to things like dementia and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, because to us, it kind of all flows together. On the therapeutic side, we kind of feed that with technology, right? Patents, license it, patents, and let it progress in, in clinical research there. So, um, I, I think that uh, probably as we get older, we can scare ourselves too and think that, oh my gosh, I've got dementia, right? Because I forgot I was supposed to go to this appointment. I don't think it's really that, right? I think that um, when, it's, when it's actually dementia, it's pronounced. And, and I think it requires a clinical examination and evaluation by those who are qualified to make that diagnosis, right? But at some point here, it becomes a real diagnosis, not just, "Ah, I kind of forgot I was supposed to do that, or 
yeah, I'm a little absent mind. My wife tells me I'm absent minded. I'm hoping that's all it is, right? So I, I, I think kind of along those lines, yeah. Yeah, and I think so from uh, my perspective, uh, working with people who have memory issues and cognitive malfunction, part of what they go through is also this uh, sense of shame because they actually do have problems remembering things and then they feel bad about it. So it's not just a neurological issue. It's also an emotional issue Mm -hmm. for the people who are experiencing these, the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether or not you've got a formal diagnosis of uh, dementia or you are just feeling bad about having poor memory or one of the other things I find is uh, making poor decisions or impulse control problems are, are those things that are present in dementia yeah, as well, I think Tim? So. I think for sure. And I think it's a, a quality of life thing too, right? Uh, because if you're self-aware of it and you're kind of aware of that, just sort of that tearing down of yourself over it is changes the quality of life that you're living, right? Because now you're a little stressed about it. And Every time somebody brings up that you forgot something again, it just kind of grinds on you, right? So I think there's probably a period of time where that's kind of relevant. And I think there's a period of time where that notion of shame or any guilt over it or any of that kind of isn't really present anymore because mm-hmm. things have changed in the brain significantly. Yeah. There's right. so, that, so that goes away dementia. is what you're saying? Is it the, that that goes away? Those feelings go away? I think they do. Maybe they come back little bits here and there. But I mean, as you advance in that, I mean, there's there's people that I, and I even think that maybe we don't even fully understand these things well enough. Where's the gray line between Alzheimer's and dementia? Uh, is it is it the presence of certain proteins in the brain like tau or or beta amyloid, those things? Um, exosomes that maybe you found in the bloodstream. These are things we look at, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, on that immunological scale, it plays a very, in fact, the more we look at this, the more we realize that the immune system and the brain are interconnected and the gut is interconnected with all of it. And so I think that um, there are preventative things that we can do to even prevent the onset of these things. I just think that a lot of times we live in a very fast paced world and we don't think about these things and we go, go, go and we tear ourselves down and we work too many hours and we don't take enough vacation time. And all of that wears down our immune systems and, and our maybe we're not eating right. And our gut is out of balance and then the brain is out of balance with the gut and the immune system. And all of that leads to a progression of these things, you know. So maybe there are things that we can do that are preventative now, right? Mm-hmm. Or even when we're younger, yes. eating better, exercising more, right? Slowing down a little bit from time to time, not overworking ourselves. All these things I think add up. Couldn't agree more. And <laughs> it's like, as right. so, and also being on device. I'm guilty of it all, right? Yes, I'm I know. Well, yeah, all. pot kettle, right? That's right. exactly right. I've been in here since 3 a.m., so I'm guilty of it all, right? Yes. And yeah. And, uh, and I think that's a really uh, good thing to note is that medical professionals are not immune to these kinds of health issues, big health issues that are life changing, and sometimes even more so, um, because you often will say, Oh, I've got it handled, right? I can handle it. And then you know, I know about then the that. train, then the train wreck happens. But for people who are listening to this show to the master your life show people who really want to master their life, what you're thinking about is, 
do I have the insight, intelligence, and inspiration to manage my life successfully? That's the filter that you're putting your life through. So if you're putting that, uh, if you're getting out your pen and paper and you're writing down, hmm, how is my memory? How has it been? It's like you're reflective. Um, people who listen to this show are reflective and they go, or is my mom and dad's, uh, you know, thinking the same as it used to be? Has yeah. it changed? Has my impulse control changed? And has my, uh, you know, am I more apt to do things that are not serving me in my best interest? Because the mind leads the chi, the, the mind leads your energy and your life force energy. Yeah. And so the more attuned you are to how you're thinking about things, and then how you're actually acting on those things, the more successfully you can manage that energy, that chi, that life force, your prana. And so you can direct yourself to having a more satisfying life, but only if you know that your mind is actually leading that and the mind and the brain are connected. They're not separate from one another. So if your brain cognition, if your brain function, if your brain, the organ is messed up, your thinking is also messed up. And a lot of people like <laughs> this, that, First awareness of going, oh, what do you mean if my my brain is an organ? That three pounds or three point whatever pounds of gray mass between your ears is the thing that's running the show. <laughs> so, it is, and we should take good care of it, right? Right. right? It's, like, it's like we buy a computer and we yeah. plug it in and that's it. We never take care of it, right? Yeah. And, and just until recently, ourselves. yeah, people really did believe that it was hardwired, Tim. So, you know, we got told that for 400 years, that the brain was hardwired, that it could never change, um, that you're, what you're born with, plastic. you're stuck with. The brain is completely plastic, right? It's neuroplastic. It really is. And so there are things that we should never stop reading, for example, right? Mm -hmm. um, reading is good, right? Um, because it makes you use your mind. It also stirs up fantasy in your mind. If, for example, it's some novel that you're reading or something, you know, I tend to read a lot of, of, of scientific texts. But that aside, I, there, we need to stimulate our brains, right? And if we're not, um, well, then what are we doing, right? It's easy to sit there and watch um, reruns of whatever our favorite show is and settle into our easy chair as we retire. But is that really working the brain. Now, I, I think there's lots of things that we can do to improve that. And mm -hmm. um, so to me, reading is fundamental. Yeah, and it's very exciting when you think about that you don't have to age the way that your mom and dad did. Like that's well, empowering, right? Or your grandparents, if they weren't successful at aging very well, or that you could see that they were making poor decisions and they were maybe the best decisions that they could make for that time. Um, totally, given the circumstances, it's not blaming anyone, but it's also going, is that the kind of quote unquote old age I want to have? And, you know, people who are my contemporaries in their mid fifties are not, they'll go, they'll look at me and go, you're in your fifties, you're in your fifties. Like, yeah. And, uh, but it's this whole aging, this misnomer that aging has to be, um, old, that you have to become old and that it's acceptable to just accept that status quo when instead you could actually be really feeling um, like clear-minded, level-headed, 
uh, able, more stable and stronger than you ever have been in your life, because you should be feeling stronger if you're making good decisions in your life. And believe me, I've made really some atrocious ones, but I've been, <laughs> so it's not, it's not that I have not made atrocious decisions. And we've talked about some of those on these podcasts. Um, but in but terms of part with that is yeah. medical advances, right. That allow us to live longer. Right. right. And, um, yeah. and all of that matters. Just, just, um, yeah, I have a friend of mine, John Bach is his name. He's a professor, a double PhD. He's a geneticist. He's just insanely brilliant. And he's mapped genomes of like the tiger and 3000 years of Korean history. And, you know, he's, but his, his research is to solve aging. And he has a goal to solve it by 2042. I, he says that's based on calculations that he's done, that he thinks he can solve this problem by 2042. But I like people that think like that because we don't have to gracefully become old and aged, right? We're all going to age. We're all going to get older. But, but it's, you know, I'm 63. I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm 40, Okay. Right. And um, I think it's what you tell yourself. Now, could I go hike? I was just at Mount Whitney over last weekend, which is the highest peak in the continental United States, like 14,000 feet, something like that. And we were at 6,500 feet. And so there was eight, you know, 8,000 feet above me to the peak. There's no way I was going to climb to that peak. But I got to tell you, even at 63, at 6,500 feet, it was cool. It was just great, right? I felt like I could, but I know it wasn't wise to try and do that. But the point here is, is your cup half full? Is it half empty? A lot of this is attitude and how do you look at things? But you got to couple that with actually actionable things, right? It's one thing to just think I feel 40, but what are you doing to take care of yourself? And I run myself down and I work way long hours, 14, 15, 16 hour days and just go nonstop and run, 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 run. I think yesterday I filed my 48th patent, right? Um, and, you know, it's go, go, go. Yeah. But, I, you know, I have to recharge. So last weekend was a period of recharging. I just went to the mountains Friday night, got in the truck, camper and drove to the mountains and camped out and fished and just refreshed and re-energized and you know i'm back at it so um yeah that's beautiful and we're doing the same thing and we were out in the snow trying to fish that didn't work out so well for us this week but we're giving another go today that's right just a little north of ours that's it's a little north but um you know to that to that vein though for people just to be able to get out um when you've got dementia or, or memory problems or these impulse control problems uh, a lot of people have already thrown in the towel and they go, I can't possibly feel better because I feel so bad right now. And part yeah. of what we want to talk about is really how do you actually take that, that basic, essential, foundational health uh, when food systems have been so compromised? <clears throat> you know, if you open up most people's fridges or pantries, they're full of you know, highly refined sugars, highly refined foods. And there's nowhere I did a quick search to see remedies for dementia. And there's not one mention of anything to do with lifestyle, you know, so unless you're actually and and beyond lifestyle factors, is there something that is non medication that you can actually do to restore this natural immunity that we actually have, you know, we're, we're born on this planet with immunity. 
And, yeah. but for now, some, some babies are even coming in unwell, um, you know, so they'd have never experienced a healthy day from the time of their conception to their birth, to them showing up at their first meal there, there's no wellness and, or health that's been instilled in them. So depending on where you are on this age spectrum, it, that might feel pretty hopeless. Um, but I want to tell you that there are ways that you can actually <clears throat> restore that foundational health and start working towards that wellness that comes from within you every single day. And that's what Tim's here to talk about. Um, because through your work, you found some pretty exciting things um, yeah. that that people can do and to take. So can you talk a little bit about um, what you guys have created and some success stories? Sure. Well, so um, so on that nutraceutical side, because we have cellular things that we're working on that are that are fantastic um, for the brain, but we'll leave that aside for a minute. Just kind of talk about the nutraceuticals. So we have this compound. I think we talked about the last time nanostilbene, which is a nanoparticle formulation of terastilbene, terastilbene coming from blueberries. It's in the blueberry as part of the blueberry's own immune system. And so we're harnessing the immune system of a plant and focusing it for immune work in the human. And that's really fantastic. But, you know, you can do that naturally eating blueberries. The difference is you would need like 15,000 bowls of blueberries to get what you're getting from a supplemental form from us, a, a daily intake of, for example, nanostilbene. So nanostilbene can be taken orally and um, it would have, um, uh, and it will have uh, changes. It will affect changes in the brain. Why? Because we have whole body, whole blood distribution when we take something by mouth and we either digest it or in the case of this product, it's nanoparticles. So you really don't ever digest it. It's a small amount of liquid that Literally, when it hits your tissues in your mouth and you kind of begin swallowing it down, within seconds, most of those nanoparticles are already in your bloodstream. They go right through the cells, right into the capillaries, and they're already in circulation. So your heart, every beat of your heart is pumping about 25% of that volume to the brain. So even if you took this by mouth and you would have whole blood distribution, you're getting a fair amount of that terror still being pumped up into the brain. Well, what does it do in there? There are these cells that are really kind of the culprit to all of this. They're called microglia. And microglia can be activated by a lot of different ways. Primarily, it's trauma that usually activates microglia. You hit your head. You have a concussion an explosion goes off, you're in the military and the shockwave goes through your brain. All of these things can activate microglia. If they're not deactivated, then they lead to long-term chronic inflammation in the brain because they in turn cause the brain's biome, if you will, the brain has its own biome, to produce these inflammatory chemicals, uh, cytokines we call them, interleukin-6 is sort of a primary one. Terastilbene works to not only deactivate the microglia, we got data that shows it deactivates microglia, but it also suppresses and inhibits the production of interleukin-6. So that's just taking nanostilbene by mouth. 
But we produce an intranasal version of that that can be delivered up the nose. Did we talk about that the last time? We did, but let's talk about it here anyway, because this is specific. Yeah, because it matters. It it was applicable to whatever we talked about the last time, and it's applicable here too. It is, yeah. It is the same product, but because it's going up through your nose, we have to dilute it because it's just, it's too potent in its pure form that you would take by mouth. It would be like putting an aspirin up your nose and, you know, instead of a small amount of it, right? You, you kind of <laughs> know what I'm um, so we dilute that and then it's in a spray bottle. And each time you pump that spray, it delivers about two, micro, two milligrams of that active ingredient into the nostril. And because it's nanoparticle, it immediately crosses the brain blood barrier and it's in the brain. So we did that because we just felt we wanted to have a quicker route to the brain, even though we know biologically that whole blood distribution, whole body distribution, we're still delivering it there. And I got it, our dosing, where I'm talking about two milligrams at a time, recommended it's eight. So it's one, two, one, two. So you're getting about eight milligrams. That's based on studies we've done where we think that's kind of what we're delivering to the brain through whole blood, whole body distribution anyways, the difference is it's going there directly, right? And it's not having to pass through your entire system to get there. Can we talk about the importance of this a little bit? Or like, do you actually have the studies that show the difference? Like how many days does it take? And is there a difference between when you would see relief of symptoms, for example? So we are intending to do a a, a robust clinical trial on this. And um, it takes a little while because... First, our focus there has been chronic traumatic encephalopathy, right? That's what this work is related to. It's really easy to get diluted into lots of other different brain conditions, but but whatever we do there in relationship to CTE relates to dementia. It rate, relates to Parkinson's. It relates to Alzheimer's. It It's all interwoven because it's the same cell, essentially the microglia that gets activated and in turn in some cases, it, it's producing tau protein or beta amyloid. In other cases, interleukin-6 or other inflammatory molecules. So it kind of depends on the source. Maybe you had a concussion, and because of that concussion, it left bruising on the brain, and then that allowed the formation of this tau protein. It, it's a protein that starts building up and gets all entangled in itself and settles on the brain. And destroys brain matter there where it settles, right? So there's, so in that, in that, uh, we intend to pursue football players. It's the easiest because we know they've had the significant history of the hits in the brain. So that's on the, on, on the plan to do that. But I will tell you in advance of that, we've been providing this to a lot of NFL guys that I know. And one in particular, I will tell you about not necessarily with his name right now, but the videos are out there, but um, he would say in the video, he says in the video that, you know, he can remember the day that he took that hit in football and that he was forever changed. His memory was forever changed. His cognition was forever changed him. He can remember that. And he knew he was losing his memory. And the only way he'd been able to function was to take index cards and write down what he was supposed to do to that day, go to the dry cleaners, get my this, do this, do that. And that's how he had been living his life on a checklist because it was the only way he could maintain some kind of control in, in his life. 
Yes. And then we provided this product to him. I never gave him any input. It was provided by a third party who said, let's try this, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, he says now, I don't use the index card anymore. I don't need it anymore. My memory is restored. I can remember what I'm supposed to do day to day. Now, that was probably after, I don't know, maybe four, six, eight weeks of, of using the product. A lot of this is chronic and it takes time to turn this stuff off. It takes time to flush the system. So, but what we're seeing in these early responses from guys who have it kind of pronounced, it's one thing when Aunt Mary is just a little forgetful, right? She forgot to turn the heat off on the key on the stove and dried the pot dry, right? Um, that's one thing. These guys actually took brain concussions, right? And they've got serious issues. So does that kind of make sense? To you? It does. And one of the things I want people to be thinking about conscious of here, very conscious, is that a lot of the a lot of people who sustain athletic injury or who have um, PTSD from say bombs going off are young people. They are. So it's young people that are athletes, young people that are these, you know, that are experiencing these things. And then the quote unquote dementia thing doesn't um, label doesn't come on till quite a bit later, but the symptoms are still there. And then for yeah, little, you know why? Because they're not old. Right. Right. And so why I want people to be like, perceived as old. I want you to start thinking about it differently because people need these labels so much in order to activate themselves to do stuff. It's like, oh, I'll wait until this thing becomes a label of some sort. It's very, very painful um, when you cannot remember things. It's horribly painful um, whether you're in your 20s or you're 16 years old, because some people are as young as 14, 16 years old that are going through these um, head injuries. Uh, and it can be from falling off the monkey bars. It doesn't have to be from, you know, yeah, yeah, playing, yeah, playing rough or whatever. Soccer ball that hit their head. Believe soccer it or not. balls that hit their head. But, and then to, again, to the older set who are experiencing these, you know, the forgetfulness thing, the harm is not necessarily in forgetting that thing because someone's got your back. It's in the feeling of shame that is attached to it. Yeah. That makes you do all these behaviors like hiding. I don't want anyone to know the what's next card. Yeah, exactly. Index cards. I had a very close friend who was a blue chip consultant. Um, and I won't say with comp whatever company, but, you know, very, very well paid, smart, smart, smart lady and super intelligent. And she started getting um, she started getting symptoms of, of MS, quote unquote, um, but she couldn't keep her balance. So she would literally walk down the hall of the office before anyone else could get to the boardroom meetings. She would go way ahead of time. She would have lists she like index cards. And, yeah, yeah, because she thought she was going to fall over. So she would be walking, propping herself up against the wall, get into her chair, sit down and be there, you know, well ahead of anybody else. And then she said, I would just find excuses to sit there as long as I possibly could, because I didn't want anyone to know what was going on. And she did that for so long that she ended up having to take long term disability. And and, and her neurologist couldn't fix it because it wait, it went on for so long. So I guess part of the reason why I want really want people to think about this is um, it is serious and it can really affect your quality of life. And you deserve to have a great life. Like we're here to have fun. We're here to have a playful brain and a brave, play, playful life experience. Yeah. And so when your life isn't like that, then this is a way that you can go, oh, hang on. My life isn't like that. There, That should be a little tweak and then go, well, what are the things that are going on that maybe don't line up with having a fulfilling life? Yeah. And if some of these symptoms are part of that, it's that the next level of asking yourself, okay, well, could it be some of this underlying other things? 
Yeah. And so, the other thing I challenge I people is they that. go, is they'll go, well, I'll wait until something else happens before I try whatever the intervention is. And uh, part of my impetus um, for people who haven't listened to the podcast before is we have Huntington's disease in our family, which is a very significant neurological illness. And so I've been interested in neurological health and health in general for probably my whole life, but neurological health in particular, because I see the effect of on people's life when they have these really significant illnesses. So mental health issues, paranoia, schizophrenia, cognitive decline, you know, executive functioning problems, unhappiness, shame, guilt, and all of it is robs people's lives. But when you can actually take something that would give you five years longer or three years longer of not being symptomatic of something, that is a, that is. is. Yeah. And that's where I think supplements really come in, right? Yes. Yes. For the most part, people who right now are 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, for the most part, they've eaten pretty well through their lives, right? Um, Especially if you're in your 80s, you know, you didn't live on McDonald's, right? right? You weren't raised on McDonald's, but we have generations (laughs) that have been raised on these fast foods, right? And uh, that's terrible. So we're not necessarily eating enough good things in our diet anymore Mm -hmm. to stem off that, right? Mm-hmm. So we need supplements. So even though I said like neurostilbene is great up the nose or nanostilbene, Quadrimune is also a very good product for this. We have lots of data on the brain and Quadrimune, lots of data that it reduces these inflammatory molecules. Now, we don't have some, anything there that you put up your nose because it's a, it's a blend of four different molecules. But by taking it by mouth, you still get that whole whole blood whole body distribution once those things are in circulation <coughs> but, but to the high oh. potency stuff tim to the high potency stuff the reason people will go oh like i would take this the quadrimune versus i would take the nano stilbene uh i looked at the two and went what's the highest potency and what's the seriousness of what i'm dealing with yeah yeah and so there, there's different reasons you can take yeah. different things right yeah neuro stilbene would like I really like that in an acute situation where, mm-hmm. listen, if you're going to play sports, you should have a bottle of it. And you go out and you play your football game. And if you take a hit, you give yourself a couple blasts up the nose and that immediately can reduce that inflammation that's in the brain. See, in my world, I would like to see the military guys who are out there because believe it or not, they get it from bombs going off in the shockwaves. That's enough to activate microglia in their brains. And we wonder why we have sort of this epidemic of PTSD in the United States. I don't know so much about Canada, but, you know, we have a, guys who did three, five, seven, eight tours of duty in the Middle East. And how did they win those wars over there? Dropping really big bombs, mm-hmm. lots of shockwaves. So I see a correlation there, right, that probably most of them have hyperactivated microglia, and it's leading to the manifestation of what, because they don't maybe necessarily understand it, they just label it PTSD, right? But really, it's more of a condition of brain inflammation. So um, I think it's, it's, it is, uh, there's a lot more people running around with brain inflammation than we, than we think in the world. The question is, do, do, does any majority of them know how to take care of themselves? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they don't realize that these things are there, that they could take them and it would reduce some of these inflammatory processes that are going on. Right. 
So it's kind of our job and your job to try and promote this and make people aware of it. Yeah. But, and to educate. but, but supplements is kind of the way to go because it's, it's true. We're just not getting it out of our diets. The, the, um, the concentration, the purity and the um, amount that we need that makes it um, be supplemental. You know, it, look, we should all eat oranges as often as we can because simply they're yummy, right? They're just yummy. So we should just eat them, right? But we know we're getting a certain amount of vitamin C, but um, you're probably not going to eat as many oranges as if you went and bought liposomal vitamin C and took it by tablespoon. Mm-hmm. You'd get a thousand milligrams at a time and you're going to metabolize about 800 of that. That's a huge boost to vitamin C. You know, I'm talking about like during the cold season or the flu season, right? Usually we don't have a lot of oranges in the middle of winter. You guys probably don't. Now I live in orange country, so there's oranges. I can drive a mile from here and probably pick oranges, right? So we can have we can have willow bark. You can have willow bark. Well, that'll that'll help have some willow bark tea. Oh my! That's why I've got such nice teeth. Is all my chewing on that willow bark, Tim? I love it. So you kind of get what I'm saying is is that there are lots of supplements. I'm not saying we have all the supplements that people need because. Lots of people produce things for specific reasons. And if we have a specific condition, we should look to that, right? Um, so we're not trying to make the shotgun approach. Right. You know, right. Yes. Being so specific. Quadrimune has its reasons for taking it. Neuro still being its reasons. Nano still being. Projuvenile is another product that we make that all of these contain terastilbene, by the way, right? Because terastilbene is kind of my chief molecule. It's... Um, I don't know. I probably got 20 different patents on that molecule, right? I've, I've spent the last six years researching that molecule exclusively. I, I probably know it better than the manufacturer of it, right? Uh, and the more we look at it, the more we discover that it's a super broad spectrum molecule that on one end of the spectrum, it can work to inhibit. If You know, there are times when we need inflammation, right? We need inflammatory processes. That's how we heal, right? But most of the time, inflammation comes on and it's too much and it causes problems. Our joints ache or, you know, we have swelling or we have, we don't feel good, whatever it might be, right? But there are times when inflammation is a good thing too. So if we're not kind of balancing our diet, we're never going to have that good inflammation when it's needed. We're always sort of fighting bad inflammation. Because mm-hmm. you right, because our, our systems are out of kilter. Once yes. we can get our systems kind of dialed in, then you know what? You go back to those natural things and eating the oranges, and now all of a sudden you're getting that nature's benefit from the you know, in that sort of nature bell curve of benefit. Yeah, I love, love, love that. I interviewed Dr. David Katz about four times on the show. Um, and he's a, you know, fairly well recognized uh, doctor in the world of lifestyle as medicine. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, and I couldn't agree more that this has been the direction that people have been interested in taking around. How do I take this wellness idea and make it um, a factor in my day-to-day life? And up until I met you, I was not taking any supplements for probably like the last several years. So, and I certainly haven't endorsed anything on the show. And the reason is, is I haven't found anything that I thought would actually make any difference. <laughs> so <laughs> I just went, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And then uh, there was, you know, prior to 
But a lot of things don't. Like if you're taking some zinc or you take a little magnesium here and there, you take some iron or some vitamin C, what kind of endorsement does that need? Everybody should be taking those kinds of things. Yeah. 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 People don't, uh, you know, so, don't. and also the liquid form was another point that you had made around the vitamin C that I thought a lot of people would not know that. So um, really important information. And then with the nano still being that you can take that in the liquid form, you take that under the tongue. Is that right, Tim? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I yeah. think it's best, right. Sublingual. Yes, because I've had lots of people very interested in that nano still beam because they're going, you know, I feel like I have some things going wrong and I'd like to get them corrected more quickly. I don't want to wait. And then I'll, you know, morph onto the quadrimune once I, once I kind of have things in balance. Are you COVID immune? The immune response protects us from viruses and people with strong immune systems kill the virus and people with weak immune systems, well, get killed by the virus. Quadrimune boosts good immunity while suppressing bad immunity and Quadrimune can help to activate immunity, suppress inflammation, protect your lungs and more. So protect you and your family with Quadrimune. Get yours today at MasterYourLife.ca. But one of the things that I find is a predominant conversation around all this um, dementia is that people really feel like they are not sure if they can heal something or not, you know? So have you seen, and maybe not with, but with memory loss, you use the football player as the example of somebody who had a comeback, you know, is there, are there lots of people, have you heard people say, wow, it's made such a difference in my life being able to take these things and balance out my brain? Like, do you have other examples? Yeah, I do. I do. And I, I, you know, I don't tend to um, like use them a lot or anything. Cause I get a ton of input from people and, you know, we send people samples and try this and we get feedback and we're always doing clinical trials and looking at things. So we have a lot of, um, uh, subjective data, but we also have very objective data, right? That we've, we've c- collected clinically. And it's sort of, it's interesting that um, they mirror one another. They really do, right? That we look at that anecdotal response from one person, they took it for two or three months and they go, wow, you know, it's really, I noticed this and that and this and that. So I had a guy the other day who said, you know, I bought the Quadrimune because on one hand, we believe that the one way to defeat things like SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, mm-hmm. or other viruses that come along, is to have a healthy immune system, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, people whose immune systems are strong can kill COVID-19. People whose immune systems who are weak are killed by COVID-19. That's just the way it is, right, immunologically. So quadrimune can boost your immune system and give you a fighting chance, Right. Mm-hmm. So I had a guy who said, hey, I, I bought it for that reason, right? Because everybody else was, and I want to boost my immune system. And he said, I wasn't even thinking about my asthma, and I've suffered from asthma for 20 years, he says. And he said, all of a sudden, I can breathe, and I don't need my breather anymore. And I said, well, I know exactly why. It's the EGCG that's in the quadrumin that uh, comes from green tea. It's a green tea extract. Epigallocatechin gallate is the molecule. It's a... It's a uh, analog of elagic acid is what it is. And there's about six different molecules in green tea and epi EGCG is one of those. It has significant benefit in the lungs, right? So here's a guy who was really taking it to boost his immune system, but found that secondary value in it that he wasn't even looking for, right? And and that's the beauty of, of supplements. If they are potently, if they're potent um, products and, and not, 
There's a lot of people who produce supplements that do what we call like angel dusting. They put just a small pixie dusting. They put a small amount of something in there to say it contains this, but is it enough active ingredient to actually do anything? Well, we test those things. We do pharmacokinetic trials where we take healthy individuals and we feed them the product and then we measure it in their blood across time and see how much they metabolize and how long it stays bioactive and these kinds of things. Nanostilbene is a prime example of that. Terastilbene, the active ingredient, is available in capsule form. Anybody can buy it. A big company, Life Extension, sells it in capsule form and you know, I think most people take, uh, if you look at the bottles, uh, recommended intake is probably 150, 200, 250 milligrams a day, something like that. And that's usually based on the configuration of their capsule. Like if they've got 125 milligrams in each capsule, it's take two a day, right? So you're taking, mm-hmm. but what's that based on? Why, why? And then why is this guy telling you to take 100 milligram? Because he has 50 milligram capsules. He says, take two capsules a day. I don't know what any of that means. I know this, that we took healthy individuals and we gave them 300 milligrams of powder terastilbene. And we gave healthy individuals 300 milligrams of nanostilbene, the nanoparticle formula. And then we compared the two across time. So um, beginning at the, uh, at, at the at hour two, hour three, hour four, hour six, eight, 10, 12, 14, there were blood draws taken from these volunteers. At the fourth hour, both compounds peaked in bloodstream, in the bloodstream. So at four hours, the group that took powder, 300 milligrams, was only able to metabolize on average, a group of 10, were only able on average to metabolize about 145 milligrams. Not even half of the 300 milligrams they began with. The ones who took the nanostilbene on average was just under 300 milligrams, about 295 is what it was, if you if you average it out. That's significant. That means they got almost every milligram out of that that they took by, by mouth, by an eyedropper. So you, you might say, well, then what if I took 600 milligrams of powder? Would I get 300 milligrams? No, I think that's max on the body's ability um, to metabolize that powder in that amount of time. Um, so look, it's a dollar for dollar comparison here. Mm-hmm. You just, you bought 300 milligrams of powder and you took it, but you only got 150 milligrams. And by the way, we haven't talked about the half-life yet. How long after peak, how long is it available in the system to do work? That's very important here, right? Well, what we found out was those powder takers, that's why I went to the 14th hour first. They, they no longer had measurable powder in their bloodstream at the 14th hour, right? So that was its bioavailability, was about 14 hours. The nanostilbene was still bioavailable at the 26th hour. So we even had a two-hour overlap on a 24-hour cycle. And that's why we usually tell people, take it at the same time every day mm-hmm. so that you get that overlap. So you have a, you're maintaining a certain level of it because these nanoparticles, it's not just that they're in circulation of blood. They deposit themselves in lipid tissues and fat cells and in muscle and tissue all over your body. And we call it sustained release is what it is, right? It's a sustained release across time. So out here at the 26th hour, 
we still had measurable pterostilbene in the human that there was enough of it to do work. That, that matters, right? So that's the kind of the way we look at these things. If we're going to make something, we're going to make it good. We're going to make it have long bio half-life and we're going to have it ramp up to peak concentration just as rapidly as we can. And I, and I think it kind of shows that. So uh, I hope that's kind of helpful. No, that's wonderful because I do think uh, what people can do if you're a self-experimenter, which again, a lot of people who listen to this show are, it's like, I, yeah, oh, I guarantee I'm they a are. guinea pig on myself. I want to see how this actually affects my, um, my body and my brain. I love just the visual of all of these little particles attaching themselves to all the little particles and all of my, you know, cells yeah. and my yeah. cellular they go structure. everywhere. They're yeah, in they your toes. They're down in your toes. They're in your brain. They go everywhere. And so you should be able to visibly, uh, you know, see a difference or internally feel a difference if you're sentient enough in a few weeks or four weeks or whatever, whatever it is, or maybe even sooner, you know, for, for some people, they might have very quick uptake. And that's what's exciting about uh, being a self-study is going, okay, well, how, you know, how can I impact my system? Because imagine for yourself, if your life, if you had a glitch in the cosmic flow in your thinking, and all of a sudden that got straightened out. Uh, one of the things that happened for me, Tim, and I know I haven't told you this, but I'll share it. This now is when I started uh, trying just the quadrimune that I had been on it for about three weeks. And then all of a sudden I remembered <laughs> I had a mailing list of 1100 people. I had completely forgot about it. That's about a million dollars in revenue a year. It can be wow. for, for a business. It can be. So it's like yeah. people will go, I'm spending all this money on, this is one of the arguments I'm spending all this money on my, you know, physical health and, and whatever. And boy, that's a lot to spend. But when you actually are in charge of either your own life or other people, uh, these kinds of supplements can actually help you to have a better quality of life and better thinking so that you can actually remember the parts of your life that are important. So whether that's business memories or whether that is um, taking care of your children in a more calm fashion or being a better partner or being, you know, just all of those things, but yeah. being a better community member. The quality of life is kind of the key thing right there, right? So if all of a Very sudden you're thinking better, I guarantee your, your life has had an improvement in quality. It has, right? Yes. That, it's undeniable. So, you know, we get lots of little different reports from people about all kinds of little cool things that happen, right? Just, um, and, and you just, you, it's amazing because, you know, it's supposed to happen that way, right? Even right. though you didn't tell them about that, it's, it, and it's also not like, oh, well, yeah, of course. It's, it's not, it's always very exciting when you hear somebody have sort of a breakthrough that they discovered on their own that you didn't necessarily point them to. I always love those the best, right? Like right. the guy with the asthma, you, you know, he answered that himself. He noticed something physically different. And, you know, if you have breathing issues, you know, that's a, that's an issue, right? You're always thinking about breathing. That's a stressor on your life. That lowers the quality. All of a sudden, you're breathing easier. That just changes a, a whole bunch of things. So, yeah, I think we should make stuff that works and not uh, pretend that otherwise, you know, I, I, you're wasting your time if you are. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So thanks again um, for sharing your insights and wisdom around this whole dementia and mind uh, brain function uh, thing, because it's just, again, so important that people know that there's solutions that are easy to take. 
that it's not a matter of that you've got to go out and fill your shopping cart full of stuff or that you have to get to the gym or you got to buy an expensive gym membership or that you've got to have a million dollars or any of that stuff in order to get well and to reestablish this fundamental wellness um, that it's within everybody's reach. And if you have somebody who you love that you know is struggling with these things, help them out by giving them an opportunity as well. Because often when you've got dementia or brain issues, you're not thinking clearly for yourself. And so so you'll, you'll look at people and go, I wonder why they're not doing anything about that problem that they have. Well, they're not doing anything about the problem they have because they don't have the executive functioning to do it. They don't, and they don't, and they don't actually recognize it in themselves. Remember earlier, we talked about that guilt kind of phase where yes. like they're cognizant of it, that eventually fades into, they don't have that anymore. Right. My aunt Martha, my dad's sister just turned 101, like a week ago. Wow. And she is as sharp as they come. She has no decline, no nothing. Right. I don't know what her, what the answer is, except for she lives in Texas. Right. So maybe the water's better. Maybe the food, I don't know, but she's lived there her whole life. And, you know, at 101, when you're functioning really well like that, it's tied to something, not necessarily just, hopefully we have really good genes too, but it's tied to something. She's eaten well. She's taken good care of herself. She's used her mind, exercised her mind. All of those things matter. I'm not saying everybody needs to live to be 101. I, you know, I don't know what what's what, but whatever years we have, we can have both years, I think. Exactly. Beautifully put. Thank you so much, Tim. My Everyone, pleasure. invite you to love yourselves, love each other, mind your minds. That's all for us for this episode. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.